0: Hi, I'm Namusa and I'm at Adana, and this is the Africana Podcast. Now, I don't know what our words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying, but it's fine. Five, four, three, two,
1: one, zero. Hi, everyone. My name is Kitso. Last name is Lemo. I'm based in Johannesburg, South Africa. I'm originally from Botswana. Um, uh, in my 40s, uh, so I'm a little bit. I'm young, but I'm not old. What's um, my profession, I'm a consultant. I'm between uh, two major consulting firms. I've been on a bit of a sabbatical uh, over the last few months, which has included a lot of travel all over the world, so I've hit Africa, Europe, Latin America, and Asia, uh, which has been a lot of fun, been a lot of t- time for me to reflect and uh, think about what's important for me in life uh, and beyond traveling, you know things I find refreshing and vigorating for me are photography really, really love it. Uh, and this year I've also gotten into running as well. So, yeah, that's a bit about me.
0: Thanks, Kitzo. We're so grateful to have you on the podcast. Um, And so what we're talking about today is um, in line with our Ally series where we talk to various um, men across the African continent and in the diaspora, um, yeah, and just ask them kind of their, we get to learn more about them and kind of more about what it means to be an ally. So I'm gonna jump into the first question. Um, and so the first question is, what does um, being an ally mean to you? Uh, do you think it means something different or have different implications in South Africa versus kind of other places that you've lived on the African continent or compared to other countries outside of the African continent?
1: Yeah, and it's a good question and uh, particularly living in South Africa. I think the multiple parts are to being an ally, right? And I'll take them uh, in sections. Um, There's a part about, you know, just being humble and understanding and an expert. Um, And then from there, you know, going into how you engage with the world around you. So listening to people, uh, and just being sort of in in, in learning mode, uh, and so the actions that you take. Uh, but I think yeah, let me start with the first thing around understanding that I'm not an expert, right? I think you know, obviously I've lived a long life, and you know, I you get used to being an expert for. large part of your life like people call on me to give them expert advice on, on on a lot of different things and i know a lot of stuff right um and it's humbling to then have to admit to myself that i'm not an expert on issues of feminism right this is something that i don't know a lot about and also my lack of knowledge also means that I'm in a position where not knowing means that I could be working against, you know, the the, the, the common good, right? So just having that sort of understanding uh, is quite important. And that's something that my friends remind me of my wife reminds me of that and having that sort of consciousness. It's not something I've always had. I didn't have that in my twenties. I probably didn't even have that in sort of my early thirties. It's something that's probably that I've become more enlightened of in probably like the last sort of five or six years uh, of my life. Right. And that's better late than better late than never. Um, And Mm -hmm. so what that, what that means then is, I need to have an approach in life which puts me into more of a learning mode in all the things that I do, right? So it means having to listen a lot more, right? So Mm -hmm. um, it means making space both at work and at home uh, to make sure that I'm learning about what... the female experiences because it's very different from the male experience, right? It's very easy to assume that we live through the world the exact same way until you actually mm-hmm. listen and understand that actually, no, we don't live through the world exact same way. Um, we don't hear things exact same way. People don't interact with us exact same way. And what might seem to have been one message to me is a completely different message um to someone else you know that's close to me right and mm-hmm. that's that's just not something that i would have understood 10 or 15 years ago um mm-hmm. and the more i listen the more i understand that oh i need to listen even more and be more aware of myself um it's just something that yeah i just need i'm just trying to be much more conscious of just listening more and then the other thing as well is just trying to educate myself more as well so being conscious of so the the choices that i make in terms of what am i what am i consuming in terms of books media etc and it could be little things right i'm not out here reading feminist treatises um maybe but, you should maybe you should be. <laughs> maybe I should be, right? <laughs> um, but it's about getting different perspectives, right? So something small, for example, is you know, a lot of my work is in telecommunications and technology, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd, I like to keep abreast of you know what's happening in the in the tech and telco space. And so, you know, just as I'm on a podcast now, one of the main avenues for me to receive information is through podcasts and there's lots of very good international podcasts that i could use as my primary source of information it could be like exponential or vergecast etc right a lot of these are driven by white male voices my choice has been my primary source of information is you know uh, a podcast uh, sort of group driven by a, a white lesbian named uh, Teres Fisher, and immediately that gives you a very different perspective because she sees things that I wouldn't immediately see in terms of how the world is driven, where capital uh, ends up in Silicon Valley, etc. Right, and so that helps you mm-hmm. see or helps me see the world uh, in, in a slightly different in a, in a slightly different way, um, or even just reading books that give you a different perspective. Like, you know, obviously we're all sort of engrossed in uh US elections. I went and reread uh a book from from sort of two and a half years ago uh by Hillary Clinton. I remember when it when it first came out it was panned everyone said we don't want to hear from Hillary, right? That was that, that was the message that came out at the mm. time because I think there was a lot of um, a lot of blame. Um, sort of aimed towards Hillary that she had lost the election. Tr- Trump was immediately beatable, and so you know, f- fault was was placed at at, at her feet. Uh, and people just didn't want to hear from, and they wanted they wanted to move on uh, and see something different. Um, but there were a few things that you know, as I'm reading the book, you, you started get some different perspectives around, you know, you see sort of the, the Bernie debate now. Uh, she said Bernie should have dropped out earlier. And people said at the time, this is completely unacceptable. It's the same sort of debate now. And there's sort of a, a, a different tone uh, to how people take that uh, currently, right? Or even things that you definitely wouldn't notice as a man where she talks about mm-hmm. The amount of time that she needs to put into her appearance um it's hours and hours every day before every single before every single appearance she makes uh she talk about and in the absence of that she'd get panned by um the, the news media for looking suboptimal um this is this is hillary this is hillary yeah right yeah and that's not something that Trump or any other other men who would be running for the election in 2016. I mean, Trump is an absolute slob, so, so sorry to be unkind. Um, mm,
0: I, I think that's <laughs> tray kind. I would have different choice words, but yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? And so this is this just gives you perspective of the additional sort of weight that someone has to face you know sometimes you talk about sort of invisible labor that women have uh that they have to do at home etc now you're talking about you have to go to to work and in addition to having to be as good as the man um in terms of delivering a good policy package now you also have to go into some additional crap in terms of you have to actually have to look good (laughs) right uh in order just to be Acceptable to to the to the public, and not just men but women as well. Like it's it's stuff like that that shows you the hurdles that exist for for the for, for the women in our in our society. Like it's really just massive hurdles at, at at every step that we just have to be aware of, right? And we just have to be conscious that we're not playing into making those things. Making those things even greater uh, all the time. So, 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 so it's helpful to to read those sort of perspectives, those sort of first-hand perspectives, and understand sort of the dynamics of the world that we that that we live in as well. So, yeah, I think most of it for me really means more than anything, just sort of humbling myself and being in really uh, a learning mode. And I think you know you did ask about South Africa. I think it's particularly important. In the South African context, just because um, you know South Africa obviously has this very very sort of difficult dynamic where um, there's you know it, it, there's a high degree of gender-based violence. Uh, it's a very it's a very masculine culture, and so we have to be doubly aware of our impact uh, on people who identify as women in this society, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And we have to be not only cognizant of sort of what our impact is as men on a day-to-day basis on people who identify as women, but also on how we impact men as well in terms of how we, in terms of the things that we do the things that we say right so how do you Mm -hmm. refer to women when you are around men like so there's words that i choose not to use when i'm with Mm -hmm. my male friends because it has an impact on i think i at least i feel it could have an impact on how they think about women right not just how Mm -hmm. i think about women but also how they think about women uh, Mm -hmm. as well so it's just sort of being conscious about how you impact society as a whole in sort of every little interaction that th- thinking about yeah. sort of the, the butterfly effect that you can have mm-hmm. uh in this really sort of damaged environment that we live in right this is th- th- this is a society that needs <laughs> all kinds of therapy it's an, and, and this is part of it uh, mm-hmm. but you just have to make sure that you're not adding to the sort of trauma that it has Mm
0: -hmm. on just piggybacking on that question or what you've just said what you're uh, sorry piggybacking on the comment on what you've just said about kind of how you the butterfly effect and how you have um, impacts in your own immediate life Mm -hmm. um, how and when did you learn to become an ally to people who identify as women and why is it important can you give an example or like narrative or a story
1: Yeah, look, look, I don't think I can point to any single moment. Um, Like I didn't have a religious moment of awakening, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. That I can that I can specifically point to. But I do think part of it is um, just getting older, having a bit more maturity, um I think being around sort of more women um uh, particularly once I moved to South Africa, I think post around twenty twelve who are more mm-hmm. sort of off fair with these issues and more willing to talk about these issues um did you feel life. that
0: was less of a case in Botswana, or do you think it was just who you're surrounding yourself with in Botswana?
1: I think it's potentially around who I surround myself with um, in South Africa, right? I think that okay. just people who are more open to talking about issues. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, you know, once I also started. Data, my wife, who's a staunch feminist, you know, we had much more open conversations around uh, a lot of these issues as well, right? So, shout out to her, shout out to Jay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she said
1: hi before I came on. Um, excellent, yeah, we'll have
0: her on the, the podcast at some point in time as well.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 I think it's just building up in. So that personal space, but also in the in the professional space as well, right? And I think one of the things in sort the, the the professional space is, you know, I, I worked in a consulting firm. Well, I've been I, and I've, I've been a consultant the last few years. One of the things that's quite evident in that space is when you start, there's a lot of women, <laughs> and then very quickly mm-hmm. they disappear, right? Um, mm-hmm at least in your cohort right and this is just an issue that sort of bedevils all of us like what are the things that we can all do in that space to find ways to make sure that more women especially black women stay in the space right mm-hmm. so one of the things i've been conscious of is trying to mentor black women in the space and mm-hmm you know, it comes from just trying to be more conscious about just everything I do, like even when it comes to constituting teams, making sure that there's women on every team, right? Like, just yeah. the basic, like, if mm-hmm. I look at a team and it's just men, that's not a team that's going to be deployed. It's just not really. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the managers that I ended up working with were women, particularly in the, in, 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 in the telco space, um, mm-hmm. because the hope is, if you understand that most women will eventually leave for you know the well-known reasons um that we have for why we have this attrition the more that you can sort of keep and work with uh a mentor and partner with the more hopefully you can get through the funnel you know mm-hmm. um so that's what one thing i've been sort of more more conscious conscious of but it's obviously we're still so 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 far away uh in that area mm-hmm.
0: yeah um, and i guess just kind of the the next layer on top of that um and yeah. so you kind of articulated why it's so important like when you're in your everyday role in terms of constituting teams as it relates to management consulting company um why it's so important to have women um and especially the attrition connected to that why and and you had mentioned this why black women specifically in south africa
1: why black women specifically in south africa just because they just because they're underrepresented so so yeah i think black people aren't as as they should be in consulting overall and therefore it means that black women aren't as represented they should be uh overall right Mm-hmm. Um, look, I even had a call with a recruiter yesterday who called me looking for someone to help uh, some, someone for a role at a, at a company. And she was struggling. She was looking for a very specific type of set. Um, mm-hmm. and she's saying, find me someone who's black, who's got these particular skills and I went away, try to look for particular people, came back with some, some ideas. And I said, look, here's a few, here's a few folks, here's a few black women that I know in the market. And she said, okay, I've come across some of these names. Um, but the reality was between what she as a professional recruiter was able to come up with and what I, as you know, uh, an amateur was able to come up with. It wasn't a big pool Mm -hmm. of people for a very sort of specific. Um, expert role in a in, in, in a in a tech company, right? Mm-hmm. So that just tells you the need for us to be sort of extra vigilant at every moment to make sure that when we see talented people, we are, mm-hmm. sure that they are, that we're giving them the right sort of level of mentorship and support yeah. to make sure that they, that they come through. It's just because we don't have enough of them. You know, uh, at the end of the day,
0: yeah.
1: we live in South Africa. This is a country that's what's 75% black. Um, mm-hmm. Consulting firms need to mirror the companies that they serve, whether it's yep. a bank, a telco, a mining, a mining company, whatever it is. And those companies, in turn, need to mirror the population, right? In yeah. order for us to have. Um, services that are representative uh, of the population that fulfill the population's needs, etc. So we just need to make sure that that is consistent across the value chain, right? And mm-hmm. so we all need to invest in making sure that we have a representative value chain.
0: I couldn't agree more with you. Um, that moves me into my next question, which is um, it's kind of a double whammy. So mm-hmm. what is uh, one thing that you would want young people or just people, young people or people more broadly who identify as men um, on the African continent to know as it relates to being an ally? And excuse me, what and then the other kind of uh, section to that is what what's one thing that you would want uh, young people who identify as women on the African continent to know what would be your advice um, for both of those groups? Ooh,
1: OK, that's a hard one. <laughs> No
0: pressure.
1: No pressure. Okay, for young people who identify as men, right? Um, so look, I think given where we are now versus where we were like five or ten years ago, we seem to be making progress, right? But We probably aren't making. We clearly aren't making enough progress, right? If we can talk about all the all the wage gaps, if we can talk about all the sort of uh, GBV, just all the issues that you can statistically point to that we have uh, anecdotes about, etc. Like it's just very clear that we aren't where we should be. We're very very far away. Um, I think one thing that helpful for me and might be helpful for young people who identify as men is just sometimes think about turning the question around right um like how do you how do you think about it for us think about as right for for black people right um And then think about it that way right we always have to think about how do you advance rights for different types of groups right because at the end of the day you think about how do you get equality uh, for women across a a range of different areas you know uh in the social area um economic rights you know in the workplace etc um and so if you think about it that way and you put yourself in 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 women's shoes i think it then it can then help um depersonalize things right because i think what i've seen um a lot of in like the last few years is women tend to personalize these issues Um, Because we Mm -hmm. often see women's accumulation of rights as sort of a zero-sum game where if women are better off, we're somehow worse off, right? (laughs) Which
0: Which doesn't make sense.
1: No, it doesn't, right? But Mm -hmm. you, you can sort of see how it makes sense if you think about... Red. so if I go back to the question, the way I phrase the question in terms like if 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 you turn it into like racial rights, right? Yeah. If you look at the way people like Trump have weaponized race, um, yeah. and the way you know white people in America will look at race and say, God, um we've already lost the majority in Terms of the, in terms of the population percentage in America, when the reality is that mm-hmm. that's still only twenty years away. Uh, that yeah. you have these m- m- marauding hordes of uh, la- Latinos taking over the country, etc. The Chinese virus, or just all these things—the the, the sort of language that, that, that Trump uses—that breathes yeah, its racist. Yeah, right. I think the same sort of ideas apply. Um, with with gender, that once women have some kind of parity, will be worse off, right? That if you go from whatever it is twenty or thirty of the Fortune 500 companies having women as CEOs to two hundred fifty or three hundred of the Fortune 500 companies having women as CEOs, men are going to be worse off. First of all. To go from twenty-five companies to two hundred fifty companies—that's a hell of a lot of work. That shit is not happening tomorrow. One, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for swearing, but
0: oh, um, um, that's that's—we say way worse, right? Speak first your truth.
1: Of, first of all, that shit not happening tomorrow. Second of all,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's seven billion of us in this world. If we men lose. Whatever it is, 225 CEO jobs, I think most of us would be okay. Right?
0: Uh, yeah, because patri- patriarchy still <laughs> continues to benefit men at the detriment of women.
1: Yeah, right. Um, and, and so, and, and if you just think of it on a, on, a, on a micro level, in your own sort of home and your own sort of relationship or your own sort of family, If your mother or or girlfriend or wife is better off and she's got more disposable income, it means you have better security now. You have better security in your retirement. It means you have less stress now. It means she has more safety when she goes to work. Like, there's just all these sort of immediate benefits that you, as a man... (laughs) immediately realize right um they just you, you're better off immediately like I, I, I can't think of a single thing where someone's just taking away from you uh and makes you worse off like these are not things you have you don't have one of those 225 fortune 500 ceo jobs you don't have <laughs> like, you don't have these things you don't have them in hand right um and just just way too often people people just sort of veer towards the negative and and it's it's the way our psychology is right you know do you think uh,
0: masculinity is that fragile
1: i don't think it's necessarily just that masculinity is that fragile Yes, we can talk about f- fragile masculinity, but um, mm-hmm. if you look at the the sort of uh, uh, um, what do you call it? The, the, the Nobel Prize-winning work on uh, psychology economics that Tversky and those uh, Tversky did, this is the, the human mind sort of veers towards sort of negative outcomes, right? I think there's a lot of what drives that, um, and so because men are in such a dominant state, we have so much more to lose, right? And so we are sort of primed to think that way. They're just the same way that white people are primed to think that they have a lot to lose, etc. I think any sort of sort of in group that is in a position that they feel that they have a lot of lot lot to lose would be primed to, to think about sort of the, the, the the negative consequences. I mean, this is why insurance sells, right? (laughs) Um, But
0: it's also social, it's socialization, right? Like it's not necessarily biology. It's this is how we socialize certain groups of people and like within those groups of people, um, it's like the whole argument around like, um, intersecting oppressions but also intersecting privileges
1: yeah no absolutely but but it goes beyond just it, 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 it's a very sort of deep innate thing right and that's why it takes work right it takes sort of a conscious effort it does we can't just expect people to watch the news today and say this yeah. What we need to do, and we need to have a revolution as men, and behave for the for the greater good, because clearly it's in our best interest to change in this direction. Um But sort of the we have this inertia, and that 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 that, that, that points us in a in, in a different direction, Uh and so there's okay. just. So much work that needs to be done to, yeah. to turn us around from that and and understanding um, both sort of this socialization but this underlying these underlying so- psychological drivers is, is, is quite important right uh, so mm-hmm. that we don't get frustrated and say you know um, people are just impossible and in, 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 in tall but really try to work at uh, trying to trying to move people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So okay, so in in that, so what I'm hearing you say is that um, that men or young men or people who identify as men shouldn't be afraid of doing the work. Um, and recognizing that it's not easy, but that it's important um, from a like an individual benefit but also from a like larger societal benefit. What would you, if you have anything to say, what would your advice uh, be to women or people who identify as women? <laughs> you're also allowed to You're also allowed to be like, I'm not trying to get cut mansplaining out here. I'm going to say nothing.
1: I'll just say have faith, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll
0: okay. really just we, say we have can faith. Leave, we can leave that one there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask in who or how or when or why. I'm just gonna leave it as half a, and go forward with that. Um. For unlike a personal note, what would you say is something that you're not proud of or that you regret the most in your past or potentially current treatment of women, and what did you learn from that moment? Huh. <sighs> Long sigh.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of things, Nongus. Right? Um, oh I'm
0: I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure we could tell you.
1: <laughs> no, I'm <kidding. laughs> do, you, do you have a library of of actions?
0: <laughs> Between Jay and I.
1: Yeah, don't 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 call her up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um yeah, but what what is something that you yeah, just like that you reflect on Or, yeah, that you've had a chance to reflect on that you are not proud of. And what did you learn? Yeah. Um,
1: look, there's a lot of stuff, right? Um, Mm -hmm. that we could, (laughs) that that, that I could talk about. (laughs) I could talk about stuff, you know, and like relationships, I could talk about stuff um in work um mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think like what's most relevant for people Like just m- sort of most practical most yeah. most m- most general um I think look I could use w- work examples right um yeah. Because those are probably things that are mo- most easily translatable, um, and can, mm-hmm. can, can, can impact other, other men in, in, in particular, you know? So mm-hmm. if I, if, if I look at, so th- there's probably a few mistakes I've made in work at work and hopefully I've learned from, I am learning from, you know, um, uh, mm-hmm. like one thing I've been called out for. Uh, and and you know, I want to thank a friend of mine, Marvel, for calling me up for this. Was in a team, in a team setting where you know you're working with basically with a bunch of people in a room. I uh, probably had like what three or four guys and maybe two women, maybe maybe more than three or four guys, like maybe four or five guys. So it was a it was a male dominated environment um uh, mm-hmm. with maybe just like two women in there and one of the things that happened in that in that room was that the 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 topics t- tend to become very very sort of male dominated and very exclusionary right mm-hmm. um and i had the fortune in this particular in, in instance that this lady called me out and said hey this is not a welcoming environment like you guys spend all your time when we're not working talking about freaking Arsenal and Mm. Formula One and things like that, right? And this is well into my work career. (laughs) And it made me realize that I had the fortune that this is someone who had the confidence um, to speak up and say, this is not on, this is unacceptable. And were we're able to rectify it in that situation. But in instances before that, there are other people who didn't speak up, right? Because in all these teams, I'm typically working on a lot of young women who will probably make the calculation that, you know, Kito's a nice guy, Kito's a likable guy, but do I want to use up my lives calling out stupid shit like this? Is, these guys yeah, are talking about? My
0: political <laughs> and social capital, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. These guys are talking about football and, and crap like that. Um, so for she might not have noticed it at the time but it did make a difference to me in that i was just much more conscious from that day on around what conversation i allowed to sort of dominate in teams mm-hmm. um what sort of activities i allow teams to think about doing uh extra yeah. to make sure that it's just much more inclusive uh as mm-hmm. well uh, going forward right but that's just not if I hadn't had that call out, I'm not sure I'd have had that awakening. Mm. All right. And that's why it just is so important to always try to be in that that learning mindset. Because again, if I had just been in a mindset of screw her, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is my right to talk about the things that I love and she should also love football and Formula One and the <laughs> the, the, the greatest things in life, like a billion other. Formula One's
0: football. not a sport. You heard it here first.
1: It is a sport. The, the, these guys. I know those
0: are, fight- know those are fighting words.
1: <laughs> we'll take it offline, though. <laughs> the, the, those guys. Right, you, were say, so- you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Right. I I I, I could have gone into sort of defensive combat mode mm-hmm. and lost our yeah. opportunity there for both of us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Mm-hmm. And not just both of us, but people who would come thereafter.
0: Okay. And then let me flip it um, mm-hmm. and ask you the last question before we go into rapid fire. Yeah. Um, is, can you explain a time where I guess the opposite have happened for you? So where you really stepped up for um, people who identify as women and how that made you feel? Um... I'm sure there's been a time, Kitsou.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to think of sort of relevant examples. Like, again, like another example is we we talk about when to expand your social capital, right? Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that, again, happens in in services environment, I'm sure you deal with this as well, right? Because you're in the services environment uh, and, and you probably see this with some of your teams is women walk into sort of a lot of client environments and might get hit on. Right. And yeah. as a guy, you don't see that. Like, obviously it doesn't really happen to you, right? If, I've been hit on before, but it's a very sort of different dynamic as a guy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because you can tell the client like, okay, it's not on, and the conversation ends there immediately. Um, mm-hmm. But when you've talked, when I when I talk to my female friends and they tell me like, this is how this happens, um, it's actually quite harrowing. Like I had a friend who had worked at a different consulting firm and told me. Of how she'd had someone hit on her and beach and she was chased down by this guy, and the team really didn't get behind, etc. And she just felt completely harassed, right? Um, yeah. And you could see that it, it really gave her this really negative, this really negative, um, relationship with a with, with the company thereafter, because just felt unprotected as someone who was really young, like probably around 25 at the time. Uh, yes. And that was well into my career. And as you start mm-hmm. managing, et cetera, you then start becoming sort of more aware. When you're still young, wide-eyed, bushy tails, you're not really aware of everything. you. You're just chasing, chasing your, your deliverables, doing your charts, et cetera um but I became
0: also that there's privilege inherent in not having to be aware right whereas I think for a lot of women from a very early age like even before we get to like in university that often is the case in high school sometimes that is in the case like it's something that we are primed from from being a very young age to look out for and like and then the onus is on us to have to manage
1: yeah and for one of my clients I overtly recognized this, that this was actually happening. And I actually take him aside and have a have a chat with him tell that it was absolutely just not on, right? Yeah. And and it's tough, right? Because again, there's a capital question for yourself. And I think this is what my friend had been dealing with, which is when you when you talk to your clients about these things, there's and there's a massive risk that you face, which is how will they take it and what, what is the implication for you? Are you going to get in trouble? Right? It's very, it's mm-hmm. it, it can be very scary. But actually what you what I found in this instance was the guy's actually quite receptive and stopped it. Mm-hmm. Right? So what seemed very scary um turned out to be actually okay. That
0: yeah. And and important, not like, not just okay, but important because the other person or the other people um, who felt uncomfortable, um, I think it's also your responsibility as somebody in a leadership role to have to, sometimes you're going to need to expend that political capital to protect people um, on your team and also outside of your team.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: And even sometimes if that means at the risk of like losing work.
1: Yeah. And it's tough. It'll take it'll take a while. It'll take the whole day you think about it, but you just have to do yeah, it. Yeah, right? It's, it's, it's yeah, Right. You get up and like, okay, I'm going to kick down this guy's door and have it <laughs> <check>. <laughs> and yeah. let him know that it's yeah. completely unacceptable. But these are your friends, these are people who whose mental sort of emotional well being is important over the duration of a project um Mm -hmm. and so you also
0: just general like generally right like in life but definitely over the duration of your project
1: yeah exactly right Mm -hmm. but specifically during that period you're responsible for making sure that everyone is everyone is well and it's not just making sure that they're doing their work properly but it was also just making sure that they don't have these kind of problems and probably 90 percent of the time as a guy, you don't see these things, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not in the room when someone pulls a stunt like this or because guys are clever, right? We'll, we'll make sure that no one else is sort of watching or that kind of thing.
0: It's either like clever or creepy, you know, whichever C word you decide.
1: A- a clever creeps. The of this world. Exactly, right? But if you do notice it, then it's then you're sort of a bet in the situation um, yeah. by not doing anything. You just sort of sure. feel, gu- feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hope that makes sense.
0: No, it totally does. Thank you for sharing that. those stories or those examples. And I hope for our listeners, um, both kind of men and women, um, is that, yeah, people are just able to recognize those dynamics and um, understand that, like, exercising social capital doesn't necessarily get easier, but we all have responsibilities um, to step up and be allies to various different communities. And this, like today we're talking about gender, but um, there's loads of other kind of ways in which people are marginalized or oppressed that we should be stepping up as allies for. Um, so on like a much later, lighter note, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions, Kitso, cool. and it's going to be an either or question. And you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind and if you want to, you can give a little bit of uh, why you gave that answer, but you don't have to.
1: Let's do this. So
0: I'm going to start. Okay. I'm going to start easy. Mm-hmm. There's only really one answer to this question that our <laughs> listeners will know, but let's see how you fare. Okay. So still or sparkling? Goodness. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm a we've still been a friend, guy. We've been friends for too long for you not to know this answer.
1: I'm I'm a still guy.
0: Oh worst. Okay. I'm not I am
1: not love. I, I know what the answer is, but I only drink What's spark. the answer? It's sparkling.
0: Excellent like, response. Okay, next question. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> ah, bless. Um okay, so my next question is beard or no beard or nah?
1: As I am now. I'm I'm growing up my own. <laughs> my 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 twenty one day beard.
0: Yeah, you got your lockdown beard, your quarantine beard. You, exactly. Those lines better be all together. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm not quarantined. I'm just locked down.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Quarant- you're locked down. Sorry, not quarantine. So, beard <laughs> or no beard? Beard. Okay. Um, memes or gifs? Or gifs, depending on how you pronounce it.
1: Um, gifs.
0: And what kind of gifs? What do you mean,
1: what kind of GIFs?
0: That wasn't that wasn't on the question list, but like, you have a particular brand of GIFs that you enjoy sending. Cats. Yes, okay. I just thought that people should know. I've had to deal with these for so many years and I'm just like, I'm glad the rest of the world now knows that you are like the best cat GIF sender on this side of the equator. It's true. I've cats never l- met anybody who, who has more cat GIFs than you do. Cats will rule the world yeah cats for every occasion <laughs> okay um safari or coast slash beach
1: coast slash beach definitely like when you get to the end of the year and you've been like slaving away there's nothing better than hearing the waves just getting to a beautiful beach oh god it's just incredible and look I'm, I'm... we
0: can't do that for the next 21 days <laughs> Lockdown.
1: Who, who knows when we'll be able to do that, right? <laughs> what the dynamics are going to be after this lockdown? I'm just, yeah. The, the um,
0: corona lockdown, that is. I, I,
1: I'm, I'm curious jail, to see. Lockdown. I'm curious to see what the travel situation looks like after Corona. Have you been on Instagram lately? All the beautiful I, I pictures. I watch
0: Instagram all day, every day.
1: All the beautiful pictures have disappeared. The, the only thing that's that's popping is my my food Instagram.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> food instagram and photos of people on their zoom calls yeah i think we can stop that now and people going live and you're like oh just stop going live we don't care anymore exactly. we're just trying to make it through yeah just Ex- stop, except the stop djs the, the djs and the workout people can continue to go live everybody else no no save it for when things are better
1: <laughs> we want d nice that's all we want He's only posting yeah.
0: live. agreed i'm glad we are on the same page with that um speaking of pages books or kindles
1: Books, definitely books. I've got a book right in front of me right now. So, What book is it? Uh, It's Built to Last. So yeah, that's a bit boring. I've got another one that I'm listening to, uh, but I I definitely prefer to to read, to to hold it in my hands.
0: Okay, I'm going to add a third one to that variable because I know you and I are podcast files. So would you say books? kindle or podcasts or audiobooks?
1: oh uh, goodness i still say books um okay because yeah and I, i'll explain it i listen to a ton of podcasts we're always trading uh podcast uh, podcast ideas etc yeah
0: um
1: definitely listen to accuse the one that i sent you this week it's so good um okay. but yeah like I devour podcasts, the, they're a bit more snacky for me, all right? Mm-hmm. but there's nothing more satisfying than getting to the end of like a really, really, really good book. I
0: agree you know? with you.
1: So, yeah, like, yeah, like I just, I'm almost near the end of like this build to last book and it's been Mm -hmm. super satisfying it's the prequel to good to great by jim collins um and i'm also reading wuthering heights which i never read Uh, i'm not Mm -hmm. really big into like reading all this all stuff from the 1800s but these brontes can write eh?
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I, i feel like the 1800s stuff is coming back and becoming more relevant than we ever thought
1: yeah it's, yeah. just, it's just this beautiful dexterity with words. Just incredible, <laughs> right? Just, and, 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 I, and I worry that we, we are in danger of losing that with the way that we've, the, the way that communication is going, right? Mm. So, yeah.
0: Okay, my last rapid fire question for you is fork or knife?
1: Fork or knife? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends what it is you're, you're getting into. But, no
0: no it's a it's an either or question fork and why fork um
1: because if i just had one then the fork will let me eat my meal all right
0: what if you had a big old steak
1: i can just stab it in the middle and then hold it up and, <laughs> and chew, 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 chew around it around the edges
0: chew around the edges yeah <laughs> I feel like there's like a, a, yeah, a mantra there for life, like stab life in the middle and then chew around the edges. There you go. Um, Thank you so much, Kito, for, um, yeah, giving us the last hour of your life um, and talking about what it means to be an ally for you um, as an African man on the continent, living in South Africa. Um, Tell the people or tell our listeners how they can, and um, I know you do a lot of other like political writing as well. How do people find your work?
1: Um so just yeah, f- find me on LinkedIn on Kito Lemo. I have okay, so my first name is Kito, that's K-I-T-S-O. Last name is Limo, Lemo, L E M O. Thank you.
0: You're welcome.
1: Namusa, no, thanks. This was so much fun.
0: Uh this was wonderful. Thanks again, Kitso. Hey, listeners. Hi, listeners. Want to make the podcast bigger and better? Let your fave girl children and the world know exactly how you feel. Please rate the Africana podcast and comment on Apple Podcasts. We're grateful for all of your support. And if you're a disgruntled ex, please do not use this as an opportunity to vent your frustrations. And to everyone else, thank you so, so much in advance.